0: Addiction to light. How many of us live, and I'm doing this as if I'm reading a book, but I'm not, I'm just talking my thoughts out loud into the space and imagining there's an audience listening to this because it is a podcast after all. So even though I'm recording it now, like you might record your own podcast, and voice. You might be doing it like me, which means this is not live. This is me recording, but using a proper recording app, not the native recording app, which then it gets lost somewhere in the files. Uh, it goes straight up to, if you publish it, to Anchor. And if you publish it, first of all, it's saved there. And then you can publish it to the anchor crowd. And then you can publish it to all platforms of podcasts, which I believe is also one of the biggest movements in the world. Is that people are starting to allow themselves to share their voice publicly, which brings out another part of you, which is really interesting. And voice dialogues. And Joe Rogan was my first inspiration for a podcast. I've enjoyed several full episodes of his, but now it's my time to shine. You can say that to yourself as well, because you don't need to have fancy. That's why I like Gary V because and people like uh, and yeah, people who encourage you. There was a there was a course by Tim Ferriss and this pole guy, Noah Kagan about marketing and business, I watched it online. I hope there's still this series there. So what they're very perfect at doing is deconstructing what you need to do and then taking the smallest, leanest step now. So you see Joe Rogan and you see like this amazing studio and cigars and weed and everything you need and computers and laptops and cameras that are changing exactly to the person who's talking and super professional, you know, uh, recording devices. And you know, he can afford it. (laughs) He sold it for $400 million to Spotify dollars. Interesting deal. Um, I probably wouldn't sell my podcast, but let's reach that level first. Or not, why not imagine it right now? If somebody came to you and said, here's here's $100,000 for your podcast, would you say yes? I would definitely say no. Even if they would say, if they would say right now, and under the conditions that I create another podcast and a different name, I would. And there are websites like you can sell. You can build a character in a game and sell it. You can build, build an e-commerce website and sell it. You can build a content website and sell it. Any packaging of information, this is why I'm attracted to marketing, because it's the four P's is one of the ways to describe marketing, positioning, pricing Packaging. Fulfillment is also, uh, technically, according to Chad Holmes, a part of it. The way you deliver it needs to be also uh, well thought of in terms of marketing, how to make the, the client, how to encourage the client and allow them to be a recurring one and a repeating one and perhaps who shares and, refer, and a referring one. That's a lot of business uh, ideas. I have a lot of text incoming. Well, that's the voice. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, first of all, we text more than we talk, so we don't use our voice. Second of all, we respond to other people instead of just speaking our thoughts out loud. And there's this morning pages exercise that many artists love. It's in the book of the artist's way. They say, and I used to do it. Now I'm like, now I'm like, use it up. Sometimes you use something up, like meditation. I I used it up. When I was twenty, and I, it just dropped. I stopped. I stopped practicing the meditation that I was practicing then every morning for goddamn ten years, roughly, uh, with nice results. I might. I might add, but also some deficiencies I didn't notice on my own. And what I want to say is, is that now with podcasting, we have the ability to share our voice, whether that's a monologue, so. Tim Ferriss inspired me to do these because he has monologues on his podcast, which is one of the most successful, if not the most successful or popular, depends on how you imagine, podcast. But you don't have to be 100 million followers or like Joe Rogan, millions of views per episode. Like, it's enough to have an interesting conversation and send to 10 of your friends. And that's how Tim Ferriss also talks about this. Uh, There's Maria Popova, I think, her blog, which is her is insane. Just like Dan Carlin, I love this idea, she has a blog which is found, funded by people who are, almost said founded, funded by people who are like on Patreon or whatever platform uh, giving donations. And Dan Carlin, same thing, started his podcast just as a hobby while he was working, I think. Eventually it allowed him to hire a team and quit his job and now he's doing it full-time and he has an amazing podcast. And he says, and I think she says so as well, that the amount of people first of all that you don't know that will support you is, is staggering. And when you keep it open, like you don't say, "Fund me for five or 10 or 20 dollars because you're capping, you give also an unlimited amount. And she says, "I don't remember if that's true or like anymore, but the accumulated value of funds I don't know, never mind. And there's the idea also that Tim Ferriss talks about, uh, which is the 1,000 fans by, I forgot, Kevin Systrom. And that's kind of of true for podcasts, possibly, that if you have a critical mass of people, then it will grow. But even if, you know, in 10 years, your episodes still have no more than 30,000 views, so what? Why are you making it? If you're making it for the fame or you're making it for the money, that's fine. Every reason is legitimate, but I think what people are missing here is just like Gary Vee always points out, that's why I follow him a lot. He says, you have a phone, take it out and make a video. And, what, and my message would be, take it out and make an audio. okay?" Or multiple formats, or grab a 3D camera. Play around with anything you want, but the thing is, this is so accessible, one moment, it is so accessible as an interruption. It is so accessible because you already have a phone. You don't need Joe Rogan studio, you don't need to have extreme talent. You just grab your phone, click record, and have a conversation with someone. Later, if you want, you can attach great microphones to your table and do and 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 some video camera. But that's like costly and makes you think twice. But just using even a, a good recording device, which is, doesn't have to cost a lot, and then kind of move it to the computer and edit it and compress it and all that. I mean, if it's a startup, that's probably the leanest way to do it. There's in there, and it's not too hard to think about, like, why do I really, 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 really need to start my podcast today? And I would claim that you don't need anything other than your phone uh, because it has a good recording quality. And if you hear even high-quality podcasts today, I just listened to to a recent one, because they're doing the conversations over Zoom or Skype, they have the same quality as recording from the phone, even less. Because it's over the internet and they're probably using Wi-Fi and not LAN connection, and and the platforms are not so great, like whatever. It just it doesn't come out that well as a physical, like, like Joe Rogan's interviews, which are physical most of the time. And but maybe later I'll do that with my. I don't know if that's possible, but maybe later I'll do that with my Zoom, and just record a meeting. Video and audio, uh, and and that's also what what I like most about Joe Rogan is that the he never had just one person because two people in the room is always intim- intimidating at some point to some person. But when you have three and more, it's more easy. So when he had Arya Shafir and Bert and and the other guy, that was a really fun podcast. But it's when, when it's one on one. Uh, especially between males, it it really goes quick to one upmanship in many podcasts, uh, just because that's the nature of of our culture today, uh, unfortunately, but I think like, look, I have 10 minutes recording myself, speaking to an audience, like in my mind, I'm speaking to an audience. I'm not imagining a a physical audience, but I, a virtual, like I imagine that people are listening to this and 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 worst comes to sh- like if push comes to shove like what's the worst thing that nobody will listen to your podcast so it's just there dangling in the air okay so perhaps you need to market it differently perhaps you need to make some ads perhaps you need to partner with somebody like there's it's not an uh, what's it called from cul-de-sac Co- 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 cul-de-sac Co- is a place where you you're stuck you're not stuck you can always do something And and sometimes just need to give it some time to grab the the attention in the right you know way Uh, and crypto is amazing because you can allow people to donate not only via PayPal or patreon you will allow people to donate if you want to do that like Radiohead did with their uh, album in rainbows which has made them according to them or their or their agent more money than all of their albums combined and the model was pay as much as you like including free because you don't know how much like people really really love your 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 art that's what the nft market is showing some people really love like uh that art was sold for 96 million dollars over a weekend from people like people love people i think it's called people love art and some people uh have large pockets and have no problem investing Especially now that they know that if you're doing it with an NFT, it is always an asset. and Therefore, it is always an investment because you can always resell it and 99% of the odds that for whatever reason, you'll be able to resell it for an even bigger price.